0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to Double Football. I'm joined by my fabulous co-host TJ. Howdy, guys. Today we're reacting to last week's European competitions, as well as previewing the upcoming week of European competitions and the weekend Premier League matches. If they have them, we're not quite sure. We don't know what the police situation is going on over there. You know, due to the queen dying. Then I should say I apologize in advance. You know, if my dog starts barking, normally when we record, my wife takes her upstairs and they watch TV in bed. But my wife is at the beach, so she's down here with me. Before we get into the soccer talk, our thoughts and prayers go out to the royal family as they're dealing with the loss of the queen. Before anyone comes at us with their view on the monarchy, whether before it or against it, just know as Americans, we sit firmly on the fence on this issue. We will not take either side, as we do not know all the details for everything for or against, as we're not from England. We don't really care to know everything, because it's not an issue that involves us. What has actually taught me the most about the royal family is the crown. So that tells you all you need to know on my knowledge of the subject. Please do not tweet or message us about your feelings on the monarchy. We just want to express our condolences for the family and the nation as a whole. We may not be as prepared for this pod as we normally are because we're recording a day early doing due to TJ going on a cruise this next week. Due to his vacation, I'll be joined by my wife, Allie, next week. Let me just say that next week will mainly be me talking and my wife giving a completely uninformed opinion. She loves going to soccer matches, but hates watching them on TV. So, it'll be interesting to say the least. But before we get into everything, first, a quick break The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alright, and we're back. We're going to try to keep this a short episode as TJ has to get packing and prep for his vacation. So let's start out in the Champions League. Dinamo Zagreb. One Chelsea nil. All I got to say is we talked about exactly how this could happen last week on the pod.
0: Yeah, that's what I got. I said we predicted it last week. I said we knew it was going to be a tough game for Chelsea with their, uh, with the form they've been in. And we were pretty much right. I mean, we both predicted a draw saying they'd be happy with it, but, uh, Dynamo got the goal. So, um, they did, Chelsea did manage, they had 15 shots, but only three of them were on target. And uh, Dynamo was just more clinical. They only had six, but three of those were on target, so. Uh,
1: yeah, they got their goal, you know, from a, against the run of play in the 13th minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh A guy named, <laughs> this is what I have in my notes. Mislav, not even going to attempt his last name, <laughs> scored on a lightning-fast counter. And he lifted it up perfectly, you know, over Kepa. Just a little dinked finish that I think when it crossed the line, it was going about half a mile an hour. Yeah. But, went in the back of the net. And they also forced a really good save from Kepa in the 56th minute, you know, that he pushed it onto the woodwork. Yep. Polisic got a 15 minute cameo, but we'll really talk more about it later. About him later. Chelsea, two of their three shots on target happened in a flurry when Reese James, you know, put one that was pushed onto the post. Then in the same minute, Jorginho had a shot saved. Yeah, and then the keeper wound up, you know, having to make another save off the rebound from Ziich. But it wouldn't have mattered because Zich was offside. You know, I personally thought Chelsea were lackluster, Yeah, you know, throughout the entire match.
0: Yeah, they just looked, they looked absolutely lost in the final third. Um, I mean, they, it's just, it was completely un-Chelsea-like from the past few years. Uh, but it's pretty much like they've played every game this year, um. I mean, they they had a few good spells, but not nearly enough as what you would as what they should have against a team like Dynamo. Um, and it's not like it was a rotated squad. I mean, it had most of their summer transfers, you know. Uh, Kubali Sterling was in there, uh, you know, so it had it had all of their players that Tuchel wanted and Tuchel bought in it, but they just I mean, they just look so disjointed and not prepared at all, pretty much.
1: Talking about Tuchel, did you see that coming?
0: Uh, In my notes, I said uh, many more results like that, and Tuchel will probably be gone. And sure enough, because I wrote this when they played on Tuesday, and by the time I woke up Wednesday morning, Tuchel was gone. So...
1: Yeah, I also wrote mine on Tuesday, and I said, throw it to TJ for his Tuchel prediction. Yeah. And (laughs) – I mean – There's not much else I've got to say on that one other than Chelsea did not look good. No. So. No.
0: Dynamo did what they had to do at home,
1: and they got it. That's what I was about to say. You got to credit Dynamo on that one. All right. PSG two. Juventus one. What a chipped ball from Neymar. Uh, with, and to Mbappe. Who finished it off the volley. Man, it was great. That happened in the fifth minute yeah. as well.
0: No, that was a that was just a beautiful play. I mean, that was it they were just that front Neymar and Mbappe were just have they been all season, they've just been clicking. Um Crucial save by Donnarumma though in the nineteenth minute on a point blank header that absolutely Milik should have done better with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then uh, PSG's second goal was just some beautiful one touch passing between Mbappe and uh, Hakimi, or H- Hakimi, and then. Uh, but I got to give it to McKinney. He uh, does what he does for the US Miss National Team. Is uh, any time that there's a ball in or a cross or anything, he always seems to meet it. So he put it in the back of the net to put it 2-1. and But Juventus just couldn't find, the, find that second goal.
1: No, but also McKinney was involved again three minutes later. You know, he crossed the ball in from the right, found the head of Vlahovic, and his header just could not beat the no. keeper. But, I mean, he was involved. You know, he was involved early and often from when he came on. And he really changed the face of Juventus. PSG had some really good chances late when they were throwing everything they had to try to get a draw. But nobody could finish. But yeah, McKinney changed the game for you know, Juve. There's no doubt about that. And then also, it, you just can't stop the connection between Neymar and Mbappe right now, or even, you know, Mbappe just in general, because, you know, second goal came from one touch passing with Hakimi, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, right. So we move on. Sevilla nil, Man City four. This was all City the entire, yeah, yeah entire game. I mean, Holland scores twice. He's inevitable, like we keep talking about. Twentieth minute and also in the sixty seventh. But also, how did De Bruyne not score his breakaway chance he had?
0: I have no idea. No idea how he missed that. Uh, he also oh, had a got nice. On the, yeah. Oh, uh, De Bruyne had a nice free kick in the twenty ninth minute that looked like it was going in for a second. So.
1: Then Foden got in on the action in the 58th minute. That's what actually took it to 2-0. Yeah. And then it was all City. Every chance was for City. And then Ruben Diaz puts the icing on the cake right there at the very end in the 92nd minute. They made it 4-0. Yeah. They got out of Spain with a good win.
0: Yeah. I mean, City dominated position like they do in most matches. They had 62% of the ball. I mean... They had 24 shots and they put 10 on target. That's an insane number. I mean, Sevilla may be lucky that it's only 4-0 and not. They are. It could have been worse, but. Just City doing what City's been doing here lately, so.
1: All I gotta say on it is that was domination. Yep. So. Now we move on to. What was a kind of dull game for the most part until we got to stoppage time. Atletico Madrid 2, FC Porto 1. Atleti did have a goal disallowed in the 48th minute for offside, and it was correctly disallowed. And then Porto striker Tarimi got a second yellow card for a dive in the 81st minute, which it was definitely a dive. So he got a... You just can't dive on a yellow. You've already got a yellow You can't do it.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Porto were down 10 men. But then, we get to stoppage time. Athlete gets a lucky deflection that took took the shot up and over Porto's keeper to take the lead in the 91st minute. Yeah. Porto wins a hand. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, they, uh. Porto thought that they had on that last 10 minutes, and then they gave up the goal in the 91st on that, and then they win the penalty uh, on the handball in the 96th minute, and they're thinking, okay, we got the draw. That's fine. You know, we'll take it down 10 men for the last you know 15 minutes of the match. But I said, just like Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, they got way too much extra stoppage time on top of the stoppage time. I don't think
1: it should have went another almost six minutes. Um, oh, I do. Because there was already, you know, it was nine minutes added on. So they only got two extra. And the two extra was because all the penalty stuff that they added the time on. So, yeah, it was only two extra minutes. And it was really just for the stoppage for the penalty. Because also, you know, VAR checked. The penalty, you know, to be sure it was a handball, so that they, that took, a solid two minutes. I think it was deserved the extra. So, but they did. They Athletic got a corner in the hundred first minute, and they whipped it to the front post, where it was flicked onto the back, and Griezmann just nodded it into basically an empty net.
0: And that's just, that was, much just the, that was just horrible defending for me because. I mean if there's one person on the, you know, for Athleti there's two people. There's Hermoso and then there's Griezmann. You can't let those two get free headers cuz they're just going to score every time.
1: Oh yeah. But I mean there really was not many clear-cut clear-cut chances until we got to stoppage time. It was yeah. fairly even. That was just a wild, yeah. you know, wild little bit of additional time.
0: Yeah, wild end of the match.
1: And I'm not even going to, I thought that that game should have been. Yeah, I thought that it should have been a draw. Yeah. But Athletic did what they needed to do to pull the win out. So, you got anything else on it? Nope. Alright, so we move on. Tottenham, 2. Marseille, 0. There really wasn't anything going on in the first half. And then, come out of halftime, and in the 47th minute, Mbemba gets a straight red card for denial of a clear goal-scoring opportunity when he brought down Young men's Son, 3 yards outside the penalty area. That you was, think that red card was correct I, call?
0: I mean, it was. A, that was just an awful decision by Mbembe. Like that was. I mean, I get it. You know, it's Son, and you may not keep up with him, but you you gotta try. And then, I mean, you just gotta try to stay. You gotta try to stay on your feet and just try to bully him off the ball. You can't go in like that, and because that changed the entire entire reflection of the game. Because even if he gets by you, you still have your keeper to try to make a save, and even if he doesn't, you're still just down one nothing. I mean, you've played pretty much how you know you expected to in the first half, and the start of the second, and then. But going down to the ground like that and taking them out and getting sent off that that just bailed Tottenham out because they hadn't really been able to do much in the first half.
1: I agree, it was a straight red, and yeah, he bailed him out, definitely. But, give it to Marseille for a little while. They held out strong for 30 minutes with 10 men. Yeah. And then, in his Champions League debut, Richarlison, summer transfer from Everton, scores a header off the cross from Parasic in the 76th minute. And then only five minutes later, he heads in another goal off the post. Yeah. His first two goals as a member of Spurs happened to be in the Champions League. Yeah.
0: What a start!
1: <laughs> but, but
0: the only thing I gotta say Tottenham with Tottenham, deserved Tottenham the is win to me. yeah, no, I mean I'm with you. They deserved it, but Perisic is for me. He's really the key so far in the games and stuff that we've watched. He's the key that uh, depends on how Tottenham plays because if you just you know, go back and look at most of their Goals or, you know, just even attacking chances. He's involved in 75% of them. So, like he was with Charleston's uh, first header today. Or first header in the game, so.
1: I think that was a good
0: bit of business by Tottenham this summer to pick up uh, Parasick.
1: Yeah, he is the link between the midfielders and the front three.
0: Yeah.
1: What? When he's able to get the ball, pick it up in good spaces, he typically will make the right decision. Tottenham deserved the win. You got anything? No, that's it. Uh, Now to my favorite result for the week. (laughs) Napoli 4, Liverpool 1. Oshaman, he got Napoli off, or he about got Napoli off to a flying start when he rounded Allison, but it took it to a tight angle. His shot went outside, or went off the outside of the post in the first minute. Milner then does James Milner things, and you know, he gives away a penalty for a handball in the fifth minute. Zelensky steps up and converts the chance. How'd you rate James Milner's performance?
0: Um, i give it a point uh, five out of 10. Um, How he was still on the field, I have no idea. I mean, he honestly... They missed, uh, for me, at least two, if not three, other yellow cards they could have given him. I I don't know how he lasted as long as he did to get subbed off. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, and then... Van Dyke appears to get away with stepping on Osheman's foot in the penalty area, but VAR gives it a check and gives the penalty in the 18th minute. Osheman steps up, but Allison saved it. And then, how did Napoli not score in the 28th minute? Virgil van Dyke was the only one even remotely close to the net. Yeah, they had already got past Allison, and they hit it right at him.
0: Yeah, just a lucky shot. And a lucky bounce. For, or just a lucky shot and a lucky block for uh, Liverpool. Because, I mean, that I honestly thought that that was going to go in. <laughs> like. So. But, I mean, Gomez in that first half was absolutely atrocious. He was responsible for the three uh, Napoli goals in the first half. Him alone. Like.
1: I'd argue TAA was just as much at fault for the second one.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he was, but but, I mean Gomez was still, because he kept trying to play the offsides the entire first half. And then they were just, you know, going by him.
1: The Uh. entire Liverpool defense switched off, allowing Nguisa to waltz in behind and slot it home to make it 2-0 in the 31st minute. And then uh, Simone... Yeah, he buries a tapping goal in the 43rd minute, which, once again, Liverpool's defense was just checked out. Yeah. And then, after halftime, Zelensky makes it a brace in the 47th minute, taking it to 4-0. His shot, his initial shot was saved, but the rebound came right back to him, and he just lifted the ball over Allison, who was still on the floor. But... Liverpool did, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say try to make a comeback, but Luis Diaz in the 49th minute, man, he took a nice curl shot from the edge of the penalty area and put it in.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much the that only broad up. spot the entire season for Liverpool. Because mm-hmm. when I watch him, he's the only one that looks like he wants to be out there that looks like he wants to play for Liverpool. Because, I mean, TAA is, you know, last year he was being heralded as, you know, the best right back in the world. And then this year he's absolutely (laughs) awful. Like, he's been bad in so many games so far.
1: Yeah, so I've got the player ratings for Liverpool pulled up here. Okay. Outside of Luis Diaz, who got a 9.6. Who do you think had the highest, you know, match rating?
0: Uh, I can't even hazard a guess, to be honest with you.
1: Allison, maybe? Fabinho. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Fabinho had a 6.9. Ooh. And then in the fives were Firmino, Sala, Elliot, TAA, and Robertson.
0: I'm surprised T.A.A. was in the fives, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. And then, out of these players, they had the lowest. These four were the lowest. Milner, Van Dyke, Gomez, and Allison. Who do you think had the worst? Gomez. He had a 3.5. Allison had a 3.8. Milner had a 2.9. Oof. Oh. But Van Dyke was the lowest with a 2.4.
0: <laughs> how? I mean, he was bad, don't get me wrong, but how was he worse than Gomez and Milner?
1: I think it's only because they got subbed out. Oh, that's, that's awful. You know, Gomez wasn't even on the pitch for the, for the fourth goal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true, I guess.
1: But that's
0: awful.
1: Yeah, that. Do we think Jurgen Klopp's going to be the next one gone?
0: Uh, well, he came he came out and said that the board supports him, but I mean, if they lose any more games like this, ah, uh, something's got to change. Because you yeah. know, I
1: don't I mean, think he gets fired before Broj, but
0: no. No, no. I just think that if there's any more results than where they look this bad, and I mean we called it last week, you know that it was, you know that it was in Italy and it wasn't going to be an easy game for them, regardless. But
1: I didn't expect this, though.
0: I, I didn't expect it. I mean that was just total domination. I mean, well, you know, if you ask Arsenal fans, Liverpool should have won. You know, because they had 61% possession, you know.
1: And so,
0: <laughs> our you know, if you go with the Arsenal logic of it, you know, that they should have won the game, but they dominated the game or whatever, you know, but watching it, you know, that's not the case.
1: I got to agree. So let's move on, though, to enter nil Byron 2. It was a beautiful opening goal with a long ball over the top from Tom, Thomas Müller to Leroy Sané, who was able to round the keeper and finish it into an open net. All of the chances in the first half went Byron's way. Yeah. But then they couldn't finish any more of them. But then in the 66th minute, there was a beautiful move from Bayern where Sané and Coleman played a 1-2. And honestly don't know if Sané was trying to play a cross or a shot. But he put it across the goal, and it was touched in by D'Ambroso for an own goal. Made it 2-0. And then Correa in the 83rd minute, he squandered a beautiful opportunity to try to get him back in the game with seven minutes left. Byron deserved this win. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. They looked the more dangerous side the entire time. Uh, I honestly think, I mean, I'm going to go with it's a cross because if that's a shot, that's a horrible, horrible attempt at a shot. (laughs) So I'm going to give him credit and say that it was a cross. Um, But, I mean, uh, Byron dominated the game. You know, they had 11 shots on target. Um, so, I mean, it pretty much went how we thought it would be, um, so, I mean, that's pretty much, that's all I got, it went, went pretty much how we thought it was going to go, and Byron dominated, and could have won by more than, or should have won probably more, by more than two, but they'll take a win regardless.
1: All right, now, that concludes our Champions League coverage. Now let's look at the Europa League. Man U, nil. Real Sociedad, one. I personally thought the lineup was fine. Still a strong 11, but it. what was curious to me was watching the game. Why was Fred at the 10 and not Erickson?
0: Uh, I know this isn't the college football podcast, and uh, but did you see the breaking news? Uh-uh. Scott Frost has gone. <laughs> so little plug oh, here is. yeah anyways little plug here guys Um, <clears throat> if you haven't listened to the college football podcast you should Um, and go hear our thoughts on uh, Scott Frost so that's a little you know plug for the college football episode we got so
1: yeah we record it before we record the yeah. the soccer podcast <laughs> we were just talking about how much longer does Nebraska give Scott Frost well yeah, we're. I'm gonna have to go back and add a. Add something saying that we recorded it before this. <laughs> yeah, this news. But anyway. But anyways, back, yeah. Back I'm, to man. U. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I have absolutely no idea why Fred was at the ten. I don't. I get Tinhaga wants to play uh, Erickson as that number eight, box to box, all over the field, free free range player. But I just think that. With some of the chances that we were able to get, that that Erickson ball in the 10 just would have been so much better than Fred. Because Fred had a bad game. He had an awful game.
1: Very bad. Um, and I'm not even going to put that one completely on Fred. I think that's – he was trying to do too much yeah. a lot because I'm kind of putting that performance for Fred by, on 10 hog. Yeah. Just no, because I – mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with you. Like, it's he had a bad game, but when you play a player out of his position like that, I mean, because Fred's never been a number ten. He's never been. I mean, I know he he gets forward. He does, but that's that was just an awful, an awful decision by Ten Hag. One of the few he's made this year, honestly.
1: I'm not even gonna look. I want to put it on Ten Hag, and it's gonna stay on Ten Hag, but. When you play a player out of position, it's going to go one of two ways. Either he's going to excel and be like, oh, he can play here. Or you look at it and be like, yeah, that's why he's not ever played there. And, you know, so it was a decision to see, in my opinion, early in the season, could Fred do it? And it turns out it does not appear that way. So I imagine if he rolls out a similar lineup where... It's Fred, Casemiro, and Erickson. Fred's going to be further back next time. Right. But I think that was really it. No. You know, on that decision. And then, despite doubling Sociedad's shot total, both teams only put three shots on target. United, for the most part, dominated the game, but had no goals to show for it. Erickson ran the show, showed why he was being played where he was. But now we have to talk about this. The penalty that was given for handball should have never been a penalty.
0: All right, okay, before that, because that that happened in the second half, my whole thing is that penalty, I know we'll come to it, but that penalty shouldn't have even mattered because Ronaldo missed two point-blank opportunities before that, that he should have put in the goal and we should have been up to nothing at that point. Like, if Ronaldo finishes those chances, I'm not as salty as at the penalty. I mean, I'd still be salty at the penalty. But it I wouldn't be as upset as I am now if he had just been even just a quarter bit as clinical as he used to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyways, let's get but, back to the absolutely mm-hmm. horrific call.
1: So, Lissandro's arm, while it was t- a tiny bit away from his body, he was turning, and so it's a natural position for it. The ball rocketed off his thigh, up onto his arm, while he was blocking the shot. The ref called it, and I, um, you know, and I could see why he called it in real time. But, when VAR got involved and was looking at it, that was a clear and obvious error because i mean it's in the rule book that it, if you block yeah, you know, if the ball comes up off of you onto your arm that's in a natural position yeah it's not a handball but they still gave the penalty uh brez martinez stepped up and delivered a pretty much a perfect penalty The went the right way if i remember correctly
0: he did
1: It right. just yeah it was past his outstretched arm yeah no it's i mean it was,
0: yeah it was a great penalty um the penalty itself is good. The lead up to it was... I don't know how in any way, shape, form, or fashion you justify how that's a penalty. I can't, cannot understand that. Uh, he's, He went in to block it and the rule clearly states it is not a handball if it hits off any part of your body and then ricochets onto your arm. Clear as day in the rule book... That's what it says. There's no up for interpretation or anything. I've, I mean, that was just another long in the long line of dodgy calls that we get in these European competitions against La Liga teams.
1: And I, I mean, Anthony to me looked like a dangerous player. Yeah, you know he was, but we subbed him off in the seventy-first minute. I think he would have played the full ninety if it wasn't for he Tanhawk started looking at the weekend. Which wound up being canceled games. Wow. But then you had Casemiro in the second half, or you know, after that, he had two good chances, a header that bounced up and over the bar. That one hundred percent beat the keeper.
0: Should have went in the back of the net easily.
1: Yep. And then a shot from outside the box, you know, went around a couple defenders. So the keeper had to be aware of it, and had to get down and make a good save to his left. It's a save he should make, but still, they forced him to make it. Right.
0: Wow.
1: And then I've actually got it down. Overall, this match should have been a draw because United were not clinical. Yeah.
0: No. I mean, I honestly, but... I wouldn't be happy. Wouldn't be happy about it. But I would take the draw. I mean. Because, like you said, we weren't yeah, near-clinical enough. Yeah, we weren't clear-clinical enough and put our chances away. But, I mean, you just you keep coming back to the handball. and I mean, I, I, I don't know. He wasn't even sent to look at it. Like, that's my thing. VAR is supposed to be, when you see something like that, that's that obvious that you have to tell the ref to go look at it. Mm-hmm. Right? He didn't even go look at it. That's that's what bugs me the most about it. And I'm sorry, but anyone that says that was a good penalty is just trolling. That's it. Like, that's, that's all it is. Because if you go on Twitter and you look it up, you see all these Arsenal fans and Liverpool fans and talking about how it was a great penalty and, all they're just, they're just you know, just salty. That's all it is. They're not objective at all. Because, <laughs> I mean, in no way, shape, form, or fashion in any league under any circumstance should that be a penalty.
1: Yep. And then really, Sochi Dad's only chance was that pin. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I've had enough talking yeah. about that.
0: Okay, another. Right,
1: let's move on.
0: Wait, no, another okay. part that I want to talk about is Juan Basaka was dressed. He was on the bench in the squad. So, why on God's green earth do you take out Dallo and move Lindelof the right back?
1: So. Once again, I think he took out DeLoe looking at the weekend. Right.
0: No, I'm fine with the and decision then... to take out DeLoe. My issue is, how if you have a proper right back on your squad, and Ten Hag has apparently said that wan is in his plans, how do you not bring him on instead of moving your center back to right back?
1: Uh, who was it that subbed on? Because it was it was Lysandro that came on, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was just it. He wanted he didn't want to make two subs for his defense, and but he wanted yeah he wanted to put Lissandro in there. So he put he just pushed Lindelof out. wide, Who has played right back occasionally? Right. And it. it I think it was another one of those decisions like we talked about with Fred. It's like, I kind of know what Wambasaka will give me out there. Let me see from my own eyes what Lindelof could do out there because he has played right back in his career.
0: I mean, it may be, but Uh, I mean, I'm okay with that if the game's, you know, not in doubt, you know, but with the game that's still, you know, still nil-nil. I would have rather had wan in there just as a natural right-back, you know?
1: Oh, I'm not disagreeing with that point. I'm just trying to see why he might have done it.
0: No, I I, I mean, I understand it from that point to see what you got, but there's other teams you can try that against. That's not... You know, a game that's still in the balance, but...
1: I also feel like Ten Hogg's more of a baptism by fire. He puts you out there in situations to see what you do in a decent situation. Not just, I'm going to run you out there against this Danish side. He wants to see what you do against actual quality opponents. And sometimes that's not going to come off, if that's the way it continues, like Fred at the Ten. Sometimes it's not going to come off in a, you know, in the one of the two big games of the group. But he also may feel like he was going to try something out in this one and then see, because he feels very confident, confidently in beating the rest of the group. Maybe. So I mean, he doesn't get into the next round.
0: Is, yeah. I have seen that we're also linked with. Uh, I think it, I think you pronounce it. Arias it's A-R-I-A-S he's a right, yeah. he's a free agent right back from he played at what was it Sevilla maybe
1: mm-hmm. or
0: was it Athletic? it was one of the two he played in La Liga last but we've been linked with him as well so that coupled with the you know Wan-Bissaka why is wan still there yeah but what do okay I'm, I'm done talking about this Um. Done Done being angry about this.
1: All right, All right let's move on to the other uh, Europa match. Zurich won Arsenal 2. Matt Turner, he gave the ball away, and he was lucky to see it go off the post early I, on in the game.
0: I absolutely, that should have been a goal. They Zurich, Zurich should have done better with that, with the gift that they had.
1: Yeah. Then it was a great counter from Arsenal, and Marquinhos finished it off to make it 1-0. Yeah, I
0: mean, and, Marquinhos was the player of the game for me. He was bright and lively the entire game.
1: Oh, yeah. And then Arsenal gives away a penalty for a foul by Nikita in the box. I'm going to attempt this name. Krazu sent Turner the wrong way and buried the pin to make it 1-1 in the 44th minute. Arsenal dominated the match. They had all of the best chances, but they struggled to finish. But, Nikita atones for his miss. He he scores a goal off a great cross from Marquinhos in the 62nd minute. And I personally think Arsenal deserved that win. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, uh, they did what they had to to win. Uh, the game, it shouldn't have been that close, honestly. Um, no. I mean, Zurich, they, you know, played decent. Uh, and if they'd been more clinical themselves, you know, it may have been a little closer, but, I mean, Arsenal still should have won. You know, they should have won by more, but they all that matters really is they got the win,
1: so... Yep, that's all I really got to say about that one.
0: Well...
1: So, now we move on to the one conference league matchup. West Ham, three. FCSB, one. So, FCSB takes the lead in the 34th minute as Cordea. Yeah, he finished off a great low-driven cross for a tap-in. No. And then... FCSB's keeper came out and tried to punch the ball, but got nothing on the ball (laughs) and every bit of (laughs) corne to give away a pin. Jared Bowen stepped up, put the pin in the top of the net in the 69th minute to make it 1-1. And then I was watching the highlights of this one, but for some reason the highlights I watched did not show Emerson's goal, but he scored in the 74th minute. Yeah. And did you see that goal? No.
0: Uh, the one that I watched, too, didn't show it. I have no idea That's why. That's
1: weird. Yeah. But then in the 90th minute, Mikel Antonio scores off of a rice-rice baby flick. <laughs> yeah, the ball just went right to him. He was able to turn the defender and then sprint into the box and beat the keeper. And then West Ham fully deserved to win that.
0: Yeah. No, they did, uh, you know, the first half, they, they didn't have, you know, their star play, they didn't have a few of their star attacking players out there, um, I don't think they should have given up the goal, I think that it was lazy defended by Emerson, and that's what cost them on it, because he just completely lost track of his man, um, but for me, West Ham goes where Mikel Antonio goes, he is the absolute Mm -hmm. difference maker on the team, um. I think you can tell when he doesn't play that they're just completely lost in what they do. Um, And again, once he came on in the second half, the game flipped West Ham's way.
1: Oh, I really had to say on it because, I mean, they deserved it. Alright, now we're gonna do a little US men's national team update with, you know, all the guys that took place in the European competitions this week. So Matt Turner, he had a decent game for Arsenal between the sticks, and I say decent. Because I mean he did give that ball away early. And then also he was sent the wrong way on a pin. But make penalties what make a penalties what you will.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you. That that penalty is just, you know, it's a 50-50 chance, you know. So, I don't count down against him. And even that first mistake, it was like in the first five minutes uh, of his debut, not only in Arsenal, but in a European competition. So, I'll just chalk it up to nerves, really. Because he, pre- he settled down after that, honestly. And he had a couple decent saves. So, I don't put too much weight into, the, into it, you know. But... After the you know the first five minutes of stuff, he calmed down and he looked he looked decent. So,
1: yep. And then, what did you make of Pulisic's fifteen minute cameo?
0: The same old thing with Tuchel that cost him the game. I think every time Pulisic's come on, he's looked the most hungry player out there. You know, he's looked one of their best attacking players on there, but you know. Just can't judge much on 15 minutes of sub-time when you're chasing the game.
1: Yeah, and then you look at Weston McKinney. He changed the game for Juve whenever he came in, and then he got the goal. I know we talked about it a lot earlier, but it's worth mentioning again.
0: Well, no, I mean, he completely changed it. I don't know why he doesn't play more for Juventus because, I mean, he's just got that it factor about him. Um, Anytime he's on... He's in the attacking threat, uh, like we were talking about off air. You know, he scored the header, but then not what, three, four minutes later, he had a, a beautiful cross in that honestly probably should have been done better, should have handled better. And that could have tied the game for him. So he's just a difference maker.
1: Yep. And then in a game that we didn't cover, Giovanni Reyna had two assists. Both of them were pullbacks for Dortmund. And he came on as a sub as well for Thorgan Hazard in the 23rd minute due to Hazard having an injury. Yeah. But then he got two assists from it. Yeah. So
0: No, I mean, he looked lovely. He looked like Lorraine of old, you know. So as long as he can stay healthy, he's an absolute key for how far we go in the World Cup. Um, so, I mean, he's just, you know, he's got all the talent in the world. If he can stay healthy, then he'll be able to show it on the – on the big picture.
1: Yep. You got anything else on any men's national team, guys?
0: Um, just the fact that uh there was history made this week with it. Um Malik Tillman and James Sands started for the Rangers in the Champions League. Um that is the first time that two Americans have started a Champions League match together. Um it didn't go well. They lost four nothing. Uh but Sands did have a decent shot on goal. Uh so just a little tidbit information there. Um, not sure if either one of them makes the World Cup squad, um, but we'll see. I think
1: Sands does, but
0: yeah, yeah. Sands may just because you know he can play like forty-seven different positions on the pitch. So
1: got to have versatility in a right. World Cup. But all right, well that wraps up everything that happened in Europe in the midweek. So now we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna get into the preview.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Getting into the preview, we're going to talk about the European competitions like we normally do. We are going to mention the Premier League matches, but don't know how much time we're going to spend on those as there's a high likelihood that they're going to be postponed again this weekend. So, first one up. It's actually not a Premier League team. Bayern Munich and Barcelona. So, Bayern have drawn their last three matches yeah, you know, in the Bundesliga, but they did get a win in versus Inter in match day one. Barcelona has only conceded one goal in La Liga this season while well, they've scored 15. They've got 13 out of 15 points. Then they also beat Victoria Plzen. From the Czech Republic, five one in match day one. What do you have on it?
0: Uh, honestly, uh, I think Barca's. I think they look like the like old Barcelona. I think they look, they've looked good all season. Um, I think with how much that uh, Bayern has been lackluster the entire time, uh, I think Barcelona wins. I I picked them to win. Um, I think also the added factor that uh, Lewandowski is uh, playing his former team, I think that'll be big for him. I think he'll go out and have a point to prove. Um, So, and I'm just not sure that Bayern has the firepower to keep up with uh, Barcelona.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this one is in Munich.
0: I believe so.
1: So... I'm actually going to go with a draw here. I think that I don't think it's going to be a scoreless draw. I think it's going to be 1-1, maybe 2-2. But I just personally think that while Bayern's not been playing well, you know, in in the Bundesliga, they beat a quality Inter side already. So I think that combined with it being in Munich, I think this one's going to play out to be a draw.
0: Yeah, I mean I can see. Anything it. Anything else on? No, I mean I, I can see the draw. I just think that, I just think that since he played there for so long, that I don't think it's going to affect him, and I just look at him to be the difference maker in it.
1: All right, so let's move on to Sporting Lisbon and Spurs. Spurs are. Third in the Premier League with eighteen or fourteen of eighteen points. Lisbon are actually in sixth in the Portuguese league with ten of eighteen points. And Lisbon did beat Frankfurt 3-0 while Spurs beat Marseille 2-0 in match day one. What are your thoughts on it?
0: Oh honestly, I don't I don't know. Spurs should win just look just by looking at it but due to the fact that you know they're playing at sporting I'm going to go with a draw cuz I think Conte'll just go in there and do what he does defend and try to play try to play on the counter for the win and I mean I'm I'm going to put a draw
1: Yeah, that's what I've got. I'm going draw. So then you look at Liverpool and Ajax. So, Liverpool are really bad right now. We already talked about the 4-1 loss to Napoli. Then, Ajax drummed Rangers 4-0 in Amsterdam. Ajax are perfect currently in the Eredivisie winning... You know, they've won every match. Then, they've also scored 21 goals, conceded 3. This game is... At Anfield, though.
0: I'm going to let you pick this one first. Draw. Yeah. I I, I really want to say Ajax is going to win. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if they did. Just because how horrible Liverpool looks and the form they've been in. I think the only saving grace for them is that it's in Anfield. So, Mm -hmm. I, I have a draw as well. But... It also wouldn't surprise me if Ags won, like, 2 nothing.
1: Oh, it wouldn't surprise me either. But. So, another college football plug here. The new AP poll just dropped. They dropped Bama to 2. Georgia's up to 1. Figured that. Uh, Kentucky jumped all the way to number 9. Arkansas's at 10. BYU's up to twelve. Tennessee jumped up to fifteen. So, Florida dropped to eighteen. So much overreacting. Texas jumped into the top twenty-five at twenty-one. Huh. Pittsburgh's twenty-three now. A and M dropped all the way to twenty-four.
0: Oh, they're looking there on
1: out. And Oregon is back in with eighty-nine. 89- you know, points. Marshall is the first team out with 85. Appalachian State's got 80, so does Cincinnati. All right, that's enough of a college football plug because that just released as well, yeah. just like Scott Frost news a minute ago. We try not to overlap these, but, I mean, that just kind of happened right then. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'm going draw for that one. You ready to move on
0: on
1: it? Yeah. Chelsea and Salzburg. How's Chelsea going to look under Graham Potter? They did lose 1-0 in Croatia. Salzburg drew with Milan and Austria. And Salzburg currently has 21 of 24 points in the Austrian Bundesliga, scoring 21, conceding 3. Their only loss was on match day 2 to Strom, who are currently in 3rd. What you have on it?
0: Uh, I think it's a draw. Honestly, I just think that I think that Potter's going to come in and just try to fix fix the defense first, and then try to make it to the uh, the international break. And then that way he can actually have time to implement some of his uh, some of his game plan and stuff that have a good, a decent amount of time to implement it. Um, I mean, it helped that they didn't play this weekend. But I, I think it's a draw because Sal, Salzburg is good. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I just think it's a draw. I just think Potter will take the draw here and then live to the fight another day.
1: I've got the Salzburg upset in London,
0: again, that wouldn't honestly surprise me because of how they played so far,
1: and I just think it's not enough time for Potter to really have turned things around that much yet, so I now, after the international break and all that, I could see it, but yeah, I think Salzburg pulls the upset. No. I mean, I can see it. All right, so Man City and Borussia Dortmund. Erling Holland is good. He's playing his former club. Now, this one is in Manchester, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It is. It's at the 80
1: And then, you mean the empty hat? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> City won 4-0 over Sevilla. Dortmund won 3-0 over Copenhagen. Dortmund are currently fifth in the Bundesliga with 12 of 18 points, only a one goal differential. I mean, the Bundesliga is drunk right now with yeah. Bayern playing like they are and Dortmund only being in fifth, yeah. but how do you see this one going?
0: I mean, honestly since it's that he had, I have City winning. Um I don't think it's going to be, you know, like a four or five mil drumming like it has been pretty much the last three or four games when they've played anybody. But I just think City's so so deep and so talented that I don't see them losing a group stage match. Or this yeah, group I've stage match. Yeah, i got Man
1: City winning. So, yeah, I don't i got City winning it again. I think Holland will score. I'm going to find it interesting to see if he celebrates or yeah. what. But if there's anybody that should know how to defend Erling Holland, it's
0: nah.
1: Dortmund. But. All right, let's move on to Juventus and Benfica. So. Obviously, Juve lost 2-1 in Paris. Benfica won 2-0 over Israeli side Maccabi hafia I guess that's how you... I don't know. In Portugal. Benfica are currently perfect in the Portuguese league, scoring four goals and only conceding three. This game is in Turin. yeah, in Italy. So, what do you think?
0: Ah <sighs> Honestly, this game is just, it's tough for me to call because, I mean, it's it's, as, I wouldn't say bad, but as lackluster as Juventus has looked in Serie A. I mean, they looked, they looked good versus, they looked decent versus PSG last week. I mean, they didn't look great, but I could see some things there. I mean, it's, you know, it's at Juve. Uh, hate to do so many draws, but, I mean, maybe a draw.
1: And Faker taking home all three points.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I just, for me, honestly, it depends on who starts for you I mean, honestly, if you, I think if they put, um, if McKinney starts, then, but they just have so many, you know, young players. I don't know if McKinney gets to start, but
1: I'm sticking to my guns.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I, <laughs> like I said, I can see it. Like it's, it's completely plausible that that'll happen. Like, so, but we'll see.
1: All right, let's move on to the Europa League. Sheriff and Man United. So. Sheriff Madovan, Moldovan side beat Omiya from Cyprus, 3-0 in Cyprus. We already know what happened with Man United. Sheriff are running away with the Moldovan league with 17 points out of 21. 13 goals, 3 conceded. 3 conceded seems to be a popular number right yeah. now. And then, but... For me, this has to be a draw for Man United. These teams are the ones you should be beating, but being in Moldova, you know, the pitch is going to be less than adequate.
0: Right. No, my thing is, I mean, just look at Sheriff and Real Madrid. Uh, from, what was it, last year, you before last?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, it's always a tough tough place to go play. Um I'm interested to see what uh, what the starting lineup is going to look like, uh, especially since they didn't play this past weekend, and maybe by then they'll figure out if it's going to be canceled or not for next weekend. Um, I honestly think if it's if it gets canceled next weekend, I think he brings out the entire starting lineup again, like the, his preferred 11th, Honestly. Um, But if it's not, if the weekend games happen, I think that he has a rotated side. But I think he does – he plays whatever lineup he feels most most comfortable will get him a draw.
1: So, my thoughts on the lineup, and this is just – follow me out – or follow me on this one a little bit. I think he ought to be playing the youth with a couple of veterans mixed in – just because, this is my reasoning, is the youth are more used to playing on these less-than-adequate like pitches. And it's a good opportunity to say, here here's your chance. You know, bring me home at least a point.
0: Oh, I'd love for my boy, Gary Nacho, to start. I'd love it.
1: That's just what I think. I think yeah. you ought to play the youth even if the matches are canceled on the weekend. Have your big guns on the bench to come in and change the game if needed, but let them go out, let the youth go out there and run them to death and then you can bring on a Marcus Rashford you know in the 60th minute with yeah. all that pace against the already tired Moldovan you know side. No. Yeah. No. I mean, it just
0: that's why I said I'm, I'm just curious which way he goes with it. Um, I'm just curious to see if he plays the youngsters or if he goes with this preferred 11 to, to ensure the victory. Or, like you said, if he plays the youngins and hopes for a draw and maybe brings on the big guns and ekes out a win. But. I just Before think you go and
1: draw, win, what are you do? I'm
0: going to draw. I just I think he'll be happy with the
1: draw in this one. I do too, but I'm going for United win. You got anything else to say on that match? No. All right. So let's move on to Arsenal and PSV Eindhoven. Arsenal beat Zurich two one in Switzerland. PSG, or PSG, PSV drew with the Norwegian you know, side, Bodo Glement. Uh 1-1 in Holland. PSV are currently second in the Eredivisie with 15 of 18 points. Only loss being to Twente, who are in fifth. Scored 24 goals, conceded 7. Yeah, this game is in London. What do you think?
0: I mean, I hate Arsenal, but I think they're going to win. I just think that even because PSV, they struggled last week. I mean, it was at PSV, and they struggled against, you know, Boto Glimt. So, I think Arsenal's going to win. Um, I think Arteta plays his full 11. Um, just because I think he takes the risk and sees if they, uh, cause who do they play this weekend? They play Brentford.
1: Uh Brentford
0: this weekend. Um, I think he'll go for the win here to pretty much seal up the group for him, and then see what, then do what he has to with Brentford on the weekend. But I think it's an Arsenal win to set the Emirates.
1: Yeah. So, I think it's a draw. But. That may just be me hating Arsenal, but draw. Alright, let's move on to the Conference League. Silkboard and West Ham. Obviously, West Ham won 3-1 over FSCB, or FCSB. Then, Danish side Silkboard lost 1-0 to Anderlecht in Belgium. This is in, you know, Denmark. Soekborg currently are in ninth in the Danish league with 16 of 27 points, scoring 14 goals and conceding nine. Uh, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I think it's a draw. I think Moyes... Ain't back backing the hammers? No. I'm, I mean, I, I just think Moyes goes with, uh, especially with... The chance of having to play Everton this weekend, and they desperately need the uh, the win in the Premier League. I just I think he plays a rotated side and hopes for a uh, hopes for a draw, or he he plays for the draw and hopes he gets the win. Um, I mean that that's that's just what that's just what I'm going with. I don't I don't think he'll play as Starting 11, I don't think. I think he'll take the draw, go back home, and plan for Everton.
1: So, I'm actually, I'm back in the Hammers. They ought, I don't care if you play a rotated side, you ought to be a Danish side that's in ninth.
0: You should, but so. that doesn't mean anything.
1: All right, so that concludes the European you know, view. So now it's time to look at the Premier League. And, you know, I think if it's okay with you, since this is possibly not going to happen, you want to just do all these in rapid fire?
0: Yeah, I'm good with that.
1: All right, so current standings, we both currently have 14 correct. We're tied on this one now. The midweek games, we differed on a decent amount of them, so there's chance for movement one way or the other. But, let's start it off, start with Brentford and Arsenal.
0: I want you to pick this one first.
1: I'm going Brentford. Yeah, so am I. Up the bees, huh. And then, Everton and West Ham. Uh,
0: I think since it's at Everton, I think... Uh... I think Everton, Everton wins, especially since they got to travel from Denmark in the week, near the week on
1: Thursday. Draw. I got a draw. All right. Man U leads.
0: I actually have a a win. I have a Manchester United win on this one.
1: I do as well. Chelsea Liverpool.
0: Uh, a battle of. Uh... What do I have in my notes? Oh, a battle for the how how the money Have fallen trophy.
1: Me, yeah.
0: uh, I just think I think it's a draw because I think both teams are trash at this point. So, I think it's a draw.
1: Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a draw as well. All right, Villa and Southampton.
0: I'm gonna go Villa, and they prolong uh, Lampard's run.
1: Yeah. You uh, I mean Slippy G? I'm
0: sorry, sleepy. Yeah, Gerard. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Um. I got Southampton, Forest, and Fulham. Fulham. Draw. <laughs> what?
0: How do you think Forest is gonna draw with Fulham?
1: I'm just going with that based off of it's at Forest, and Forest are going to be desperate for points.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Wolves, Man City.
0: Uh, Man City.
1: Same thing here. Yeah. Newcastle, Bournemouth.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Newcastle.
1: Newcastle as well. Spurs and Leicester. Uh, Spurs, easy. Spurs, definitely. All right. Well, that's the show. We thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at DBLFootballPod. Then you can also find me personally at Bud underscore Dennis9. TJ, where can they find you?
0: Uh, Mine is uh, Terrence, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E underscore 2010.
1: All right. We also have a Facebook page now. You want to tell them how to find us, TJ? No.
0: Uh, there's one or two ways. The name on the page is Double Football or it's the same as the Twitter account. It's DBL Football Pod. Either one will get you there.
1: All right, we appreciate you listening and if you enjoyed it, please refer us to your, you know, family and friends. Even if they don't like soccer, please let them know we also do a weekly college football episode. Reminder, TJ will not be on the pod next week, but I will have my wife Allie co-hosting and giving all of her uninformed opinions. (laughs) Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Appreciate you guys.